Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson where uh, you get to ask me questions and uh, I try my best to answer them. I just realized though that I didn't actually put the link in the description for you to ask questions. Let me just put it there for a moment and then I will continue introducing the lesson. If you have been around for a long time, if you have been watching these lessons, you know what's up. This is where there is a form that you can fill out to ask me a question about the English language. I try my best to answer it. The link to the form will be shared in the chat wherever the chat is. Please use the chat to have nice English conversations with each other either about the lesson or about other things. It doesn't matter to me. Please use English only. It's just a good way to practice your writing skills and your reading skills while you're also practicing your listening skills. Uh, It's good to have Dave the Canadian here today to moderate. I know Todd is going to be popping in soon as well. So, we have our two standard moderators. Please be polite and listen to them as they try to make the chat just a calm and peaceful place for you to hang out for a little bit. I'm going to probably do this for about an hour. Again, I am outside today. It is a little bit loud. Not sure if you can quite hear the cicadas. They're a little quiet right now. I do, of course, have the river cam set up as well. So, uh, I thought that instead of having uh, one chair over there, I should put a chair and a bench. That way, when we get to the point where about 500 people are watching, I don't think 500 people would fit in this chair and bench, but I think a few of you can imagine that you are sitting there and hopefully uh, enjoy just the view every once in a while. So, I will try to pop up the river cam every once in a while through the live lesson so that you can see um, a little bit of nature as we learn a bit of English. So, should we look at the first question? We probably should. Let me see if the first question is here. There's already 16 questions for me. So, here we go. Um, Hopefully, I should stop talking and start answering questions. That would probably be the best thing to do. Hey, by the way, Dave the Canadian and I did some troubleshooting last week and we were able to make the font bigger. So, my little frame here is a bit smaller but the words hopefully are easier to see. Ruslan says, hi, the best teacher Bob. How are you today, sir? Could you show some examples with the adjective featured? It's always difficult to use but I hear it very often. Um, so, you could say I saw a, I saw a movie and it featured the city of London, England. So, that means that the movie took place in London. When you feature something, it means you show it to people, okay? Um, that's the best example I can think of right now for the word featured. Um, yeah, you could say I went to um, I went to a festival and it featured food as the main item. It was a food festival. So, it's whenever something is highlighted. Frank has the next question. Sorry, that was a little loud there. Frank has the next question. What does to call it a day mean? The idiom one. It means that the work day is over or that the task you are doing that day is finished. Some days at work, I'm allowed to go home around 4.30 but sometimes I stay a little bit late to finish something and then I'll just say, you know what? Okay, I'm done everything. I'm gonna call it a day. I'm going to go home now. So, it simply means that you are done something and that you are able uh, to go home. You're done something at work. Uh, Let's see here. Cryptopal. 
CryptoPal didn't get the first question this time. Crypto has been getting the first question for a very long time. So Crypto says, hello, Bob. Could you mention a few challenges you face as a language learner? Well, the biggest challenge for me, actually two things. It's finding time to study. I, I'm a French learner. Number one, it's hard to find time. Number two, it can be hard to stay motivated. It can be hard to really have a desire to do it. So, those are the two things that I find challenging. I don't find it hard when I'm motivated and I have time. I find learning the language very straightforward. I wouldn't say it's easy but things tend to go really, really well. Okay, let's see here. Um, Mike. Hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences? Inept and to follow in somebody's footsteps and to hedge your bets. Thanks. So, when someone's inept, they're just not good at the job they're doing. I hate to admit this, but in my career as a high school teacher, along the way, every once in a while, I work with someone who's inept. They're just not very good at their job. It's rare. 99% of teachers, I believe, are very good at their jobs. But every once in a while, someone will, um, they'll become a teacher. They'll teach for one year, but they're kind of inept. They're not good at the job and they end up finding something else to do. Uh, When you follow in somebody's footsteps, it means you do the things that they do. Um, It's usually between parent and children or a relative and children. Um, I didn't follow in my dad's footsteps. My dad was a dairy farmer. He milked cows. I'm a teacher and I grow flowers. So, I didn't follow in his footsteps completely. I guess we do grow things. Um, And when you hedge your bets, it means that you, um, how would you say this? Let's say you're going to drive somewhere and you're not sure your car is going to make it. Uh, You might Uh, hedge your bets by having your other vehicle ready to go as well in case one breaks down. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Lizianthus says, hey, I just want to pop over. I'm not sure if Todd has arrived. I know Dave is here. Dave, do you want to text Todd and see if he's uh, planning to pop in today? Um, I'm pretty sure Dave has Todd's phone number. Lizianthus, hi, sir. If you think Lysianthus isn't the most beautiful flower on your farm, so we're going to fix that, and then that's your biggest mistake in your life. Thanks. Yes, it is a beautiful flower. I guess you would say it's, well, it's a, it's a close race between Lysianthus and Dahlias. So, those two flowers are very, very beautiful. Um, let's see here. Um, Yaroslav, morning teacher Bob. Hope you are doing extremely good. Today I want to ask what genre of music do the Canadians usually listen to? Have a great day ahead. I think it depends on your age but I will say this. A lot of music that people in Canada listen to is American music, okay? So, in that they also listen to rock and roll, hip-hop, popular music, country western. I would say the majority of people listen to modern hip-hop or popular music. Now, I say that because mostly young people uh, listen to that type. I personally had to drive for a very long time the other day and um, it, uh, I listened to hard rock, rock and roll from the 70s and 80s and 90s uh, and that made me quite excited to drive. 
but I think it's almost every genre, Yaroslav. Um, oh, hey, I see Todd's here. Hi, Todd. Good to see you. Let me get to the next question. Marianne, what is the meaning of what of it? Cheers, Bob. So if someone says to me, Bob, you always buy red vans. I could say, yeah, what of it? It basically means, what does it matter to you? Why are you asking that question, right? Um, If a student came to class late and I said, hey, you're late. And if they said, yeah, what of it? That would be kind of rude because they would be saying uh, basically, yeah, so what? Like, yeah, I don't care. So what of it is kind of an interesting response to something. Next question from Florencia. Could you give us some phrasal verbs with set? So you can be set up. Um, When you're set up, it means that somebody um, does something and makes it look like you did it. Okay, so you were set up. You can set out on a trip. That means you leave on a trip. Um, You can set things out on the table. So when you're setting the table, you can set things out. Um, And that's all I can think of off the top of my head. So um, next question from Andre Padron. Hello, Mr. Bob. If you had continued looking for the answer, you would have found it. Would you use other conditional form to say that? Thanks. No, I would say it exactly that way. If you had continued looking for the answer, you would have found it. If you'd, so I might contract, I might use a contraction. If you'd continued looking for the answer, you would have found it. If you'd continue looking for the answer, if you'd continued looking for the answer, you'd have found it. So that's kind of like the most compact version, but it is the same sentence. Adrian has the next question. What's the difference between job, work, and labor? So that's an interesting one. I've noticed that English, I'll go to uh, River Cam for a bit on this. I've noticed that people learning English often get job and work confused. Sorry, Jed's Jed's yelling at Oscar right now. I think Oscar is barking at someone who came to buy flowers. So hopefully Oscar's getting more and more protective of our property. So Jen's trying to get him back. Anyways, let's get the question back on the screen. So a job is something you do every day. So I go to a job I go to work. So in those situations, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making it confusing, right? Like I go to, I have a job. I go to my job every day. I go to work every day. Um, when somebody does a really good job, when they do something and they do it well, we say good job or we say good work. But often, uh, I notice people will ask questions like this. Um, I like, I like your job you're doing on YouTube. And that would be a mistake. You need to say, I like the job you're doing on YouTube or I like the work you're doing on YouTube. And labor is simply the activity of doing um, work, okay? So uh, people labor at their jobs. It means that they're doing their work. You'll want to look that one up though, I think, Adrian, because I think my explanation was okay, but it was a little bit interrupted by Oscar barking and it it kind of took away my train of thought. Nazir says, hi, Bob. <laughs> you look so energetic today. Kind of flip side of yesterday. It's really awesome when we see you in a good mood. So yesterday, uh, I did a lesson yesterday on money, by the way, if you want to watch that. Um, and that was a lesson I was doing with very 
I didn't sleep very good the night before. And I had been away for a couple of days this week, uh, doing a lot of driving. Uh, and I stayed overnight in a, in a different city and I didn't sleep very well then either. So, yes, Nazir, it's really awesome when we see you in a good mood. That is one of the secrets to being a good teacher is if you are someone who's naturally in a good mood all the time, I think everyone just enjoys their time a lot more. I know when I'm in a bad mood at school, it's not nice for the students. It's always good to be in a good mood. I know it's hard sometimes, but it, it is good. Federica, which is the di- what is the difference? So, I'm going to fix the question. What is the difference between acquainted and acquaintance? Thanks, Bob. You're an amazing teacher. If I know someone, it means I'm acquainted with them, okay? If someone introduces me to someone, I become acquainted with them. It means that I get to know them. When someone um, is well known to you, they are an acquaintance, okay? It's similar to friend or maybe not quite a friend, but it's someone that you are familiar with. You know, I'm, I'm not acquainted with all of my cousins because some of them live in Holland and I don't really know them that well. Um, and so, it would be really nice if they became my acquaintances. Well, that doesn't really make sense. They would just be cousins I know well then. So, I, I apologize if it seems like I'm doing a bad job today. I think things are going relatively well. Next question from Thomas is, it's just as well that the same as it's a good thing that it's just as well that he didn't get his license. It's a good thing that he didn't get his license. Yeah, you can use those in exactly the same way for sure. I would say that it's just as well that we're, it's just as well that we were inside last week, even though it didn't rain. It was a, it was a good thing that we were inside last week, even though it didn't rain. Yeah, there, there's a slight difference, but they're, they're fairly interchangeable. English or French, which one is more intricate? Did I use intricate properly? I'm done versus I've done. Okay, so the first question, English or French? I think English, they each have their intricacies. They each have their, their own elements that make it tricky. English, for instance, has a lot of phrasal verbs. French has nouns that are either masculine or feminine. So, they each have their little uh, idiosyncrasies. They each have their own thing that makes them a little tricky. And then, I'm done versus I've done. Um, Basically, if I say, I'm done, it means that I've finished what I was doing, okay? If I say, I've done something, it means I might have done it multiple times in the class, in the past. Have you ever gone skydiving? Yes, I've done that. So, by the way, I've never done that, but it would mean that I have done it several times in the past. Um, let's see here. Hi, Bob. I sent you 50 websites on Facebook to share it with Modags, Lolly Lolly, and whoever is interested in learning English. Can you share the sites with everyone? Um, I'd have to look at them first. I did look at some on the list, but I will definitely uh, look through that list, Judith, and I will see which ones I think are pretty good. I want to vet the list just to make sure. Uh, And then I will post it somewhere where people can find it for sure. Thank you for that list, by the way. Uh, Let's see here. Chuck says, hi, sir. I'm sorry for asking questions, not this lesson, but I hope you can answer my question once. How to organize sentences with the right grammar. Thanks a lot. It really just takes practice. There's a lot of theories about how to learn grammar. 
One theory is that if you listen to a lot and if you read a lot of English, you will naturally start to understand how to use grammar correctly. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. The other theory is that if you you directly study grammar and practice it, it will be helpful for you to remember. I would say this, learning through just listening and reading, I think worked well for me with French. But at the same time, I spent a lot of time simply learning the grammar rules. So, I would do both. I would just work really hard at both. Next question from Prab says, hello, teacher Bob. How can I improve effective writing skills? Thanks in advance. So, the way to improve speaking and writing is to do it but also to make sure you're getting feedback from someone. So, you can practice your writing by leaving comments on YouTube videos. You can send English messages to a friend but part of your writing needs to be corrected by an English teacher, okay? So, you should practice writing by copying stuff out of books. You should write about what you did each day in a journal but a small portion of your writing should be corrected. One second here. Should be corrected. I'm banging everything now. Uh, my camera turned off. So, um, should be corrected by an English teacher. That is very, very helpful. Um, Ellen from Brazil. Hello, teacher Bob. Hope you're doing great. What does pop-up mean? You used it in one of your lessons. Well, sometimes things just pop up. Sometimes during the day, you know that you need to do five different things but then a bunch of things just pop up. It means they're things you weren't expecting to have happen, okay? Um, There's other ways to use it as well though. I'm sitting under a canopy. So, this morning, Jen and I had to pop up this canopy Uh, and there's also a new way to use it in English. There's something called a pop-up store or a pop-up shop. A pop-up store is a store that appears for one day maybe in a parking lot or even at the mall. Maybe people just set up a little kiosk and we would call it a pop-up shop. So, uh, lots of different usages. I'm not sure if I used it the same way I did in the lesson where I used it though. Let's see here. I'm having trouble seeing my screen. Mary, the Iranian says, hi, teacher Bob. What is the meaning of rub off? Can you please make a couple sentences? Thank you. So, when things rub off on you, it means that someone behaves a certain way and then you start behaving that way. Let's get a formal definition for this. Uh, meaning of to rub off on someone. When parents are having a hard time, their attention can easily rub off on the kids. So, that means if I am um, stressed as a parent, my, my kids might be stressed as well. Let's use an example though from this lesson. Somebody mentioned that they like it when I'm in a good mood and that can rub off on all of you. That means that if I'm in a good mood, when you watch this, you might also be in a good mood. So, it might, my my happiness and joy might rub off on all of the viewers or at least some of them. Uh, Duria, let me get this on the screen. Hi, teacher Bob. Hope you're doing fine. What's the difference between belong? I'm not sure what that was flying by. Belong to and belong in. Thanks in advance. So, you can belong to a club. You can belong to a soccer league or a football league. Uh, You can belong to, um, yeah, it just means that you are connected to it. But when you belong in something, uh, we would use that even to describe things like 
the forks and spoons belong in this drawer in the kitchen. Um, they belong in this drawer. Um, the cars belong in the parking lot. You shouldn't drive them in the building. Hopefully that made some sense. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Margo. Let's see here. Hi, Bob. Which variant would you use? Was disappointed with or I would say disappointed with. Like I was disappointed uh, with one of my kids the other day because they didn't clean their room. I was disappointed with them. I was disappointed with the food that I got at the restaurant because it wasn't warm. I was disappointed with it. And then the next one, um, devotion to realizing. I would say devotion to. He has a lot of devotion. Yeah, both those sentences aren't quite correct actually. You have a devotion to your job. You have a devotion to your family. Um, I don't know if I would say to have a devotion to realizing. I think we're just going to let that example go. But you would definitely have, you might have a devotion to your job. You might have a devotion to your family. You might have a devotion to a certain kind of car company for sure. Sala, how many students in a classroom study right now in Canada? So, I'm going to talk about Canadian high schools. High school is from age 13 or 14 to about 17 or 18, okay? So, it's four years. I am a high school teacher. One of my classes this year has 24 students. My other class has 18 students. The class with 18 students is considered somewhat small. The class with 24 is somewhat normal. Sometimes I teach classes that have 29 or 30 students in it. That's about the maximum. We usually don't have classes with more than 30 students. At my school, the most common class size is about 25 or 26 students. Again, that's for high school. It might be different for elementary school or university. Um, a labor working hard says, hi, Bob. How's it going? What's the difference between consistency and conformity? So, consistency, um, let's put it this way. If you had a factory that produced um, bread and it produced um, 10 loaves of bread a minute, that would be consistency. There's just a lot of consistency. It never fails. The machine just makes 10 loaves of bread every minute. It's very consistent. There's a lot of consistency. Conformity would be every loaf of bread looks the same, okay? So, consistency means it just does it regularly and conformity means every loaf of bread looks the same. Plus, can you pronounce aubergine, courgette and oatmeal? Thank you. So, aubergine, courgette and oatmeal. There you go. Pronounced. Uh, let's see here. Um... Eduardo. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Please tell me what does it mean these phrases? That's just Tuesday, I guess. It, oh, that's just Tuesday, I guess. Don't ref, I guess it don't refer to that. That's just Tuesday. I'm sorry. Let me read this question a little more slowly. Yeah, that's just Tuesday. You know, if I'm having a slow day on a Monday, someone might say, well, that's just Monday. If I'm having like a normal Tuesday, someone might say that's just Tuesday and they're saying that's just a normal Tuesday. If someone was to say, um, everyone at work just sits around on Fridays, you would say that's just Friday and you're saying that's what Fridays are like. 
Um, the phrase don't choke me, I'm not familiar with. So, I have not used that phrase. So, we'll pass on that one. Slava, how do you pronounce the word yeah? So, yeah is the slang pronunciation of yes. Like, are you going to have a nap today? Yeah. Yeah, I say yeah. I don't say yeah. And it's going to be a bit regional. In this part of Ontario, Canada, I think we say yeah or yeah. And it's like Y-E-A-H. And yeah might be more familiar in other places in North America. But it is simply a um, slang pronunciation of yes. Um, it's a good question. Curtis says, hi, Bob. Please, can you explain the difference between raise and rise? So, let's do that one first. Jen and I are raising kids right now, okay? So, it's the same as we also, yeah, so we're raising kids. That means we are teaching them everything. We're feeding them. We're buying them clothes and everything that they need. As parents, it's a lot of fun to raise kids. In the morning, the sun will rise to the east and um, and it will set in the west. So, that's two example sentences. Hopefully, that helps. A hermit and a recluse are very similar. It's a person who lives by themselves. Generally, a hermit would be someone who lives far away from other people by themselves, whereas a recluse could live just by themselves in an apartment in the city. But both refer to people who live by themselves. And why are you not going to have the sex vocabulary lecture? So, Kurdish, the reason is so I'm I'm still planning at some point to do a lesson on love, which is going to be kind of hard to do. I'll probably blush a lot. Um, but I want all of my lessons to be um, what we would call safe for work, safe for the classroom. Um, so I will allow someone else to do that lesson in the future. Uh, let's see here. Mode says, please just use the time of my question to take a sip of water. I'll do that first. Rest your voice and maybe stretch your legs for a bit. It's hard to sit and talk for one hour nonstop and we appreciate that, sir. Well, should I go on to river cam? Okay, so Mode wants me to stretch my legs. I'll just run out. Hey, I can't, I can't do that for very long. Yeah, I can't do that for too long because people did come here to learn some stuff. But thank you. Let me get back to my question screen. Thanks, Mode, for giving me a little break. I hope you enjoyed seeing me run off into the distance. So now that I've done that, everyone is once again aware that that's not a green screen behind me. Let me get some stuff set back up. I've clicked all the wrong things now. So give me a moment. Okay, Safak. Hi, Bob. I heard a commentary in a football game that the British commentator said goalkeeper error. I was surprised, little fix there, because I thought he should say goalkeeper mistake. So, in sports, we often use the word error and it's a technical term. I'm not super familiar with football, but in baseball, you can make an error. So, and it's counted as an error. It is also technically a mistake, but in baseball, in American baseball, like if you're supposed to catch the ball and you drop it, 
they count that as an error. So, it might just be an official term for football in English. It might just be recorded as an error. Young guy. Hi, Sir Bob. How have you been? Good. Sir, how can I improve my grammar skills in the natural way? Because grammar, it's so boring in my opinion. Well, first of all, all your grammar is very correct there. So, you must be doing something right to learn grammar. I would say this. Study grammar a little bit but don't make it the top priority. So, make sure you are studying some grammar and maybe only study grammar related to what you've listened to or read or something you've heard in a conversation. Try to always connect the grammar to that. A good example of how to do that is this. If you don't know how to use let's say um a past tense, write a few sentences in that tense and then use those sentences in your next English conversation. Freddie Wolf says, well, hey, without a doubt, if Bob the Canadian didn't exist, he would have to be invented for sure. Yes, I would certainly uh, um, find that funny. If I didn't exist, someone would have to create me. Perhaps in a lab somewhere. Natalia, hello, Bob. Could you pronounce the following names of the provinces of Canada? Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Thanks. So, these are the provinces that are a little tricky to pronounce. Nova Scotia is fairly straightforward. Nova Scotia. Um, But the T isn't really a hard T, is it? Scotia. And then New Brunswick, Manitoba, and Saskatchewan. There you go. Uh, Let's see here. This is from God. Hi, sir. For you, which kind of flowers are the most beautiful on your farm? And I would say either Lysianthus or Dahlia. Um, this is from Shristi. Do any Indians live in your area where you live? My English is too bad. Don't mention it. So, first of all, we generally refer to um, people who were in Canada before people immigrated here as First Nations people. Um, we haven't used the term Indian for a while in Canada. So, we usually say First Nations uh, and there are actually some First Nations people that live close to me. Uh, there is a large group of First Nations people uh, that live on the Six Nations Reserve close to me um, and it's a very, very cool and interesting place to visit. In Canada, we are in the process of trying to honor those who were here before European settlers and other people came uh, and to give them as much respect as we can. Um, Let me see if I can make the screen just a little bigger so you can see the boat. Not sure I can do it fast enough. There you go. A small boat is going by in the river and I'm glad I was able to switch to the river cab fast enough for you to be able to see it. Uh, So, you can probably as well see the wake that the boat is leaving behind it. So, that was fun. Uh, Let's see here. Um, I need to make a small switch. Give me a moment here. Um, I need to switch for 10 minutes to members only. Uh, Oscar's quite barky today. He's being a bad dog today. Yes, Oscar is barking at the flower customers today. Jen is uh, taking him to the house. I think he's getting put in the house for a few hours. So, anyways, where was I? 
First of all, uh, Valerio says, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Canada is off the table. I would live in France um, or maybe Holland because originally my grandparents were from there and my parents. Uh, so Valerio, I would, I would love to live in France. That would be super fun for me. Um, we're going to go into members only chat mode for 10 minutes. So thank you to the 525 people who are watching. Um, you won't be able to use chat for about 10 minutes and then I will turn it back to normal mode. But if you are a member, if you have clicked that join button at some time in the past, um, sorry, I just got an error on the screen. Everything's working. Uh, you may now ask questions in the chat for a bit. Mode says to Alexi, for sure. So they're having a good conversation. That's awesome. Uh, Norma says, there is a boat going fast. Yes, it is a long weekend in Canada, Norma. So um, Monday is a holiday in Canada this year. Uh, every year, sorry. Monday is a holiday at the beginning of September. It is Labor Day. And so there will be uh, quite a few boats in the river, probably more this afternoon. Um, Let's see here. American English with this guy. Brent says, very cool. I didn't think the river was deep enough for a boat like that. It's just deep enough. But if you don't go right down the middle of the river, Brent, if you get off the center a bit, sometimes boats will go by and they'll go too close to the shore and you'll hear a funny clunking sound and then you'll see them with their motor out of the water trying to fix it. Uh, Free99 is here. Hi, Sean. Says, I'd live in Vietnam. Oh, yes. There are parts of the world where it's just very pleasant to live. Um, I think Vietnam would be too warm for me. Modags. Poor Oscar has become overprotective after he got sprayed by a skunk. I think so. I think that um, as he is getting older, he's getting a little more gruff. He, he, he's, yeah. Sita. Hi, Sita. Says to Rod, everything is okay. We arrived home yesterday, now just doing some house chores and while watching my favorite teachers. By the way, I'm looking forward to your interview. So Sita obviously was on a trip, having a little conversation with Rod. Marcos, Oscar is a golden retriever, isn't it? My family love goldens, me too, but I prefer Labradors. He is a mix and I think he's half golden retriever. Yeah, I would have to ask with Jen. He's half, um... Yeah, he's definitely got some of that in him. Mirage. Hi, Mr. Bob. How are things treating you? I wanted to know if gross and off-putting means kind of the same. Yes. Um, when the garbage smells really bad because stuff in the garbage is rotten, it's very off-putting. It's very gross. Um, let's see here. Um, no, Mr. Bob. Alexi is not here today. I said that person in the boat might be Alexi. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe he was zooming by. He had mentioned that in a comment on a video. Um, gotcha mode. Now I understand. Maria C. Hello, Bob. How are you? I was watching one of your videos about phrasal verbs and I wonder if to finish up can be a synonym of wrap up. Thanks a lot. So I'm going to finish up this lesson in about half an hour. I'm going to wrap up this lesson in about half an hour. Yes, definitely. You can in that situation use them uh, interchangeably. Um, Let's see here. Cetus says, Mr. Bob, thanks for your great lesson. No problem. Julia. Hi, dear teacher. I have a question about the money topic. So again, yesterday we did a little lesson uh, about money. I guess, and it is, what is 401k mean? I hope it's about money because it's from a comedy video. In the United States, my understanding is that some pension plans are called 401k plans. I'm not sure why it has that name, 
Maybe the idea is that you need to save $401,000 in order to retire. Um, but I think it's definitely an American term. We'll let Brent from American English uh, chip in um, if he knows a little bit more about it. Uh, Betty Lou says, hi, teacher Bob. Did Canadians eat porridge as breakfast? I'm curious about that. Yes, Canadians have eaten porridge, but we generally just call it cream of wheat or oatmeal. Cream of wheat is made from wheat. Oatmeal is made from oats. We don't use the word porridge very often. I think I'm being attacked by a cat. Oh, there's the cat. It's behind the tree. I'm not sure if you guys see it. There's a cat right there. Oh, the cat doesn't want to learn English. Um, Let's see here. Kaiseta, hello, teacher. Is this question correct? Who is the strongest in your class? Thank you. It depends what you're asking. If you're teaching a physical education class and you want to know who has the most strength, you would say who is the strongest. Uh, In a classroom, you would say um, who's the best student in this class. And that would be the student who's getting the best grades or marks. Um, let's see. But strongest works a little bit too, right? Like who's, your, who's the strongest math student in grade 11? You could ask that. But you would probably specify. Um, let's see here. Lolly Lolly. Bob, my question was on the screen, but you didn't answer it. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I'll have to go back and look for that. Sorry, Lolly Lolly. Um, if you put your question in now, I'll try to answer it. Madi says, Bob, thank you for your efforts. How much time do you usually spend preparing a lesson? It depends on the lesson. Um, I think for my Tuesday videos, it takes me about an hour to plan what I'm going to do. For my Friday videos, it takes probably closer to two hours to get ready. Um, but my Tuesday videos, it takes longer to edit the video. So there's a lot of work afterwards as well. Um, Oscar's getting rough. Yes, he's getting a little rough. There's two words for, there's two words rough. Uh, Let's see here. Rod says, I'd love to live in New York. An old man can dream, can't he? That is a beautiful city. I have been there once, but I think New York is just very, very cool. Uh, Tan says, just wanted to say hi from Vietnam. Let me just scroll back. Let's see here. Norma says, I don't envy your farm today, Bob, because spring is approaching here at last. Well, that is nice for you. Fall and winter are approaching here for sure. Uh, Mode eggs, lolly lolly. Since we have become famous together, how about we call ourselves Bobo Mo and Lolly? So original. We'd become big shots in no time. Yes, maybe you could uh, use that to your advantage. Um, Mode Egg says, nice brawny arm, Mr. Bob. Brent says, Bob is exactly right. A 401, I'm laughing at Mode Egg's comment. Brent says, Bob is exactly right. A 401k is a plan for retirement. You pay money into it each time you get paid and hopefully have enough money to live when you're older. Yeah, we hear about them a lot because we see American news and we, we get American TV shows here. Betty Lou. Hi, teacher Bob. Would you mind making a video about stores and shops again? That literally makes my day. I'd like to do one, but I'd like to do one where I go in the stores and shops more often. And that's going to take a little more time because I have to go ask for permission to go in. Uh, Dave says, Lolly's question from the forum was, Bonjour, Bob. Should we use two after help? What is better? 
help me to clean up or help me clean. Merci. You could use both. You could say, hey, can you help me clean up? Or can you help me to clean this up? Um, I think leaving the two out is probably much more common. So thanks, Dave, for finding that question. Definitely um, help me to clean or help me clean. Both. Help me clean the kitchen. Help me to clean the kitchen. You could use both. I would use the one without two um, probably more often. Lolly says, um, it's okay, Bob. Don't worry. No problem. And thanks to Dave, the Canadian. Yes, Mirage. How to say put some clothes to dry, how a native would say it. So we hang up clothes to dry. Um, I think if you have a dryer, you put the clothes in the dryer to dry. If you have a clothesline or a drying rack, you hang up the clothes to dry. We use drying racks and we use a clothesline. After the clothes come out of the washing machine, we hang up the clothes to dry. Uh, Julia, thank you, dear teacher. One guy taught men how to make seductive pictures and the whole sentence is, if you really want to turn around, let your 401k dangle out. Yeah, that's a little bit of... um. It's a very risque sentence, I think. I think they're talking about one thing, but it's also a little bit of innuendo. Innuendo is when you say something that looks normal, but it might have some sexual overtones. So I'll have to, I'm going to research that one because I'm curious to see uh, what, uh, what that is from, what show that is from or movie. Uh, Mode says, Dave's on fire today. Oh yeah, Dave is always on fire. Julio Lees, thank you, Brent, always for explaining. Lolly, thanks you. Thank you, Bob. Um, Brent says, it's also fun to not get permission to go into a store and to get kicked out. Yeah, I got kicked out of a chocolate shop once. I was making a video um, about uh, just before Christmas about stores and shops. And uh, the jewelry store was very, very welcoming. And I, I... It's actually at the end of the video I made about gifts. I go into a jewelry store. But earlier, I had asked for permission to film in a chocolate shop. And they said, okay. But then when I walked in to do it, a different person was there, the manager. And the manager kicked me out. Yep. The joys of making videos in public. Um, let's see here. Kaiseta says, got to watch my time here. Dear teacher, will you give some examples of using the perfect infinitive, please? So... I started a series of lessons teaching grammar, uh, teaching verb tenses. And I will, I promise I will start doing that again in the future and I will get to all the tenses, but it's too difficult to explain quickly in a live lesson. Betty Lou, hi teacher Bob, what's your favorite color? Orange. Mine is orange. Also my favorite fruit is orange. What about you? Have a nice day. Favorite color? Orange. Favorite fruit? Banana. Um, let's see here. Uh, Mickey says, Hey teacher, is there any difference between to help or to help out? I kind of heard them from movies and series a lot and I cannot note the difference. No. Can you help me lift this? Can you help out? So help out is a general term for needing help. So I could say, can you help? Or I could say, can you help out? That means the same. But if I want to be specific, I would say, can you help me lift this box? Or can you help me out? So if I want to be specific, I just use help. Help out is a lot more general. Um, Like uh, Dave and Todd help out by moderating the live stream. I could say to them, could you help moderate the live stream? Hopefully I didn't confuse you there. 
that was a little confusing for me. I didn't say anything incorrect though. So you might want to rewind and listen to it. Uh, Lolly, haha, mode eggs, Bobo, Bobo Mo and Lolly. And Maria C says, Bob, are you going to play GeoGuessr again? Maybe later in the fall. Um, but right now, no, I have no plans. Uh, Julie says, I will write you in the comments the video name. That would be awesome. Okay, let me get um, normal chat back on. Let's go back to that. And while I'm doing that, I do want to say thank you to all of my members. You guys are awesome. By the way, um, what do members do for me? If you're ever curious, what have I done with your money? Let's put it that way. I have bought many things. Number one, my internet connection on the farm is probably twice as much money as if I lived in the city. So I use some of the membership money to help pay for that. What else? I used it to buy a really nice stable camera, um, which I did make two videos ago. I used that camera. I also bought a new main camera with a nice lens. I don't know if you've noticed, but my live lessons are now 1080p instead of 720p. So there are many things that when you are a member, it lets me make better lessons. So I do want to thank all my members. You guys are awesome. You really help make this channel a better place. If you're curious about membership, there is a join button below somewhere that you can look at. But let's get back to the lesson. Uh, Here we go. Matsyar, hi, Bob. What does it mean when someone says you're golden? Thanks. It means you're good. It means you're all set. It means you're good to go. If I said to someone, um, I'm going to go on a trip. Um, I think I have the whole van packed. Can you double check for me? And Jen can say, yep, you're golden. The words gold and golden usually always mean good things in English and in other languages um, because of gold being so valuable, I think. Um, Next question from Alex. Hi, dear teacher Bob. Can you remind which sublet? I'm having trouble talking. Can you remind us? I'm going to add us there. Which subjects do you teach in the school where you work? I'm going to add a where. And which subject do you like? Did you like at during your school years? So a little fix there as well, Alex. So I teach this fall. I'm teaching computer science and business. Next spring, I'm teaching two French classes. I have in the past taught other things, but those are my teachables. So I am a language teacher. That is the training I have. I went to university to learn how to teach a second language. The language I teach is French. Why don't I teach French on YouTube then? You might wonder. Because I am not a native French speaker. So my YouTube channel is a combination of all the things I learned that you should do when teaching a language and I've applied them to teaching my native language, which is English. So sometimes people are like, oh, don't you teach English at school? And the answer is no. I have in the past taught English, but my main teachable is French. My second teachable is computers and business. So if you're ever wondering why Bob the Canadian teaches English on YouTube and not at school, that is the answer. From Jack, what does conquer mean? Um, well, when two countries fight, if there is a war, and if one country takes over the other country, if one country wins the war, we would say, and if they stay in the other country, we would say they have conquered that country. So when, you, when one country conquers another, 
It means they beat them in war and they take all of their land. From Vanessa, we have this question. Um, I should stop and thank the 520 people who are watching. It's good to see that. Thanks for hanging out and learning a bit of English. Vanessa says, hi, Bob. How can I improve my speaking? Thank you always for your videos. So, a number of ways to improve your speaking. If you don't have a speaking partner, spend time speaking out loud. Read parts of books out loud. Watch videos and pause the video and repeat what the person has just said. It's called shadowing. Um, Say what you're doing out loud as you go through your day. Um, And all of those things are things you can do when you're by yourself. The best thing you can do to improve your speaking though is to hire an English tutor. Um, Someone who you can meet in person at a coffee shop or someone who you can just sit on a park bench and have a little English lesson with. If that's not possible, hire someone online. Speaking is the one thing where it's worthwhile to spend some money uh, to practice your speaking. Paul says, hi, Bob, you're great. Can you explain the difference between a collocation and chunk? So I'm going to have to uh, do a little bit of research here because I haven't used the word chunk except in learning. Maybe that's what, um, maybe that's what you're talking about. Um, yeah. So cool. The action of placing things side by side or in position or when a word or another word. Yeah. It has a frequency greater. I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to skip this one because I'm going to answer it badly. Um, what I will say about the word chunk though, is in learning or in teaching, we always try to chunk the learning. That means we try to divide up complex topics so that people don't have to learn it all at once. A good example of this would be if you do study verb tenses, we've, we've done some chunking. You don't learn them all together. You learn them one at a time. So that can be quite helpful for people. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then in terms of collocations for helping learn English, I guess like words that go together a lot, right? Like fast car or strong coffee. They can be, that can be helpful, I guess, for, for remembering vocabulary for sure. Um, snazzy. What's the difference between good, rather good, quite good, somewhat good, really good, pretty good. Ask the same of to Brent. Would love to hear from you also. So I would say like rather good, quite good, somewhat good. I would say somewhat good is probably on the low end. Like was the steak good? I was somewhat good. So it means it was fairly pleasing. If I said rather good or quite good, I think that would be a little bit more. If something's really good though, it is, that's the top. Like I would, I would rank that way up there. Like Oh, that meal was really good. That was a really good meal. So if I, if I looked at all of these, I would rank really good as the top one. The other ones, I think it's a little bit up to the speaker. They all mean different amounts of good. Um, let's see, like the meal was pretty good. So it doesn't mean it was amazing, but it was better than somewhat good. So if I was to rank them, I would say it goes somewhat good rather good, quite good, pretty good, and then really good. That's how I would rank them. I'm curious to hear how uh, Brent ranked them. 
he might have been done it a little differently because it is somewhat up to the speaker. Um, but I bet you we agree on, I bet you we agree on really good because really good is almost always like, ah, oh, that's a really good van or that's a really good car. Like that's, that's a very, very, very good one. Um, let's see here. From Rosa. Hi, Bob. Good weekend to you. Shift up and shrug off. Can you explain and give examples? When you shift up, so the only example I can think of this is when I'm driving. If the van is in one gear, I can shift up to another gear. There might be other usages, but my brain is getting a little bit fried from talking for so long. Uh, and then when you shrug something off, it means you don't let it bother you. So sometimes people leave mean comments below my videos. I don't know why. And I usually just shrug it off. So I just don't let it bother me. I feel like that's the best thing to do. Um, from Ario. Hola, Mr. Bob. How are you? I'm good, Ario. Nickelodeon has released the movie called Patrick Star. Ha- Patrick Star Show. Have you heard about it? I have not heard about it. I have... My kids are getting older, so I'm less connected with the world of uh, cartoons and comic books and all that stuff. So, Ario, I will have to do a bit of research on that later. So, this is a bigger question. This is going to be hard to answer quickly. But Peter says, Hi, Teacher Bob. Could you explain to me how to say the ED after verbs in the past tense? Thank you so much. So, this is tricky, right? Like... I looked behind me. You can hear looked, looked. So there's an ED there. But then if I say I waited in line, you know, yesterday I waited in line. It's a little bit of a different uh, sound. So there's too much variation, Peter, for me to answer this um, really well right now. Like yesterday I answered a question. Yesterday I looked at a boat. Yesterday, I waited in line. It, there's probably a lot of rules, and I probably could make an entire lesson on just that one question. Um, Anna K. Hi, Bob from Moscow. Hi, Anna. You are the best. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, which movies could you please recommend to watch for those who are learning English? Little fix there. Thanks a lot in advance. You know, it really depends where you are in your learning. If you are an advanced, English speaker, um, if your conversational abilities are very high and you understand things really well, I would say just watch whatever movie you think you will enjoy. If, however, you are an intermediate learner and you still have some difficulty, um, I would pick movies that are very, movies that did really well when they were released because they're probably highly entertaining as well. So watch something that's very, very popular. Um, And then maybe if you're a beginner, watch some kids' movies, but that doesn't mean they'll talk more slowly. They might use simpler vocabulary, um, but they might might still speak really quickly for sure. Um, Brent said, yes, we agreed. Great question. It was a good question, wasn't it? Um, I was going to go back to that because I was going to talk about how, um, yeah, sometimes English speakers actually use, we, sometimes we use good when we're supposed to use well. Um, and I was going to talk a little bit about that, but I'll just leave that be, um, cause that's another whole lesson as well. This is back to Snazzy's question. Um, whether you should say, um, 
if you did rather well or rather good, like there's, there's differences there. And, uh, we, as native English speakers, we sometimes break the rules. So, but, um, yeah, that's another whole topic. Um, Yelly. Hi, Sir Bob. I write songs, poems, and novels, but I often run out of words because English isn't my first language. Any suggestions on how could I improve my vocabulary? So for me, I'm not saying this is the best way, but for me, the best way to learn new vocabulary when I'm studying French, which is the language I'm learning, is to read, okay? For me, reading has always been the best way to learn new words. Read books, read the news, read everything. Read Wikipedia. I like the wikipedia.fr. Um, so if you are trying to learn new English words, um, you could try that, okay? When I read, I try to look up one word per page. When I read a news story, I try to look up one or two words. Um, that, for me, is the best way. Uh, Hoy Navy says, Bob, this is from the Super Chat. I am an English speaker, and I love your channel. I found your doppelganger, who is also Canadian. I have what's considered a very standard, um, what would you call it, European face? Many people have said they know someone who looks a lot like me. Big round face, gray hair, blue eyes, bluish, blue-green, I guess. Um, yes. So thanks, Hoya Navy, for the super chat, and thanks for that comment. Uh, let's see here. Mohammed says, what does from which mean? In this sentence, William had large stone... William had a large stone castle built from which Norman soldiers controlled the towns and countrysides. I think it's towns. Um, so it just means that's the origin, okay? Um, there's an anthill over there from which ants come out, okay? So that's the origin. That's where the ants are coming from. Um, it's a country from which a lot of really good cheese is exported. So you're talking about where something is coming from. In your sentence, it simply means the Norman soldiers came out of William's stone castle. Um, that's the origin. That's where they came from. Uh, Hama says, hello, Bob. I hope you are doing well. Can you tell me the meaning of communication? Transmission. So communication is just a general term for when people talk to each other or phone each other or um, have Zoom calls or Skype calls. It's when people have a conversation, okay? And there's all kinds of different ways to communicate. There's all different forms of communication. I think I did a whole lesson. I think I did a Friday lesson on communication. Transmission is when what I say goes through a wire or through the internet or through the phone line. That's the transmission. Um, you know, uh, a radio station will transmit the uh, the sound through the airwaves. So it's simply, you know, the motion of communication through the air, through airwaves or through the uh, phone lines, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let me see where I'm at here. Bob says, good day, teacher Bob. How many vocabulary should I remember in daily life? I can read and write, but I can't speak well. Can you tell me how to practice? So again, it depends on where you're at. It depends on where you're at in... Oh, I thought something was going by in the river, but there's not. I don't think I've put, turned the river cam on enough. Anyways, Bob, it depends on your English learning level. If you're a beginner, like a very, very early beginner uh, learning English, I would say m just flat out memorize 
500 to 1,000 of the most common vocabulary words. You need to know the word for dog and cat and tree and husband and wife and car. Like just sit down, make flashcards and learn those. Um, if you are a late beginner, early intermediate, I would say do a lot of reading and look words up. I would also say this, um, the number of words you need to know to speak English functionally is only about a thousand or sorry, 5,000 words. Let's look that up. How many words do I need to know to be fluent in English? So it says here, you can begin to function in a language with only about 5,000 words memorized. It is understood though that 10,000 words in many languages is considered early fluency. Okay. So that's nice to know. So if you know, let's say three or four or 5,000 words, you can probably read the news. You can get groceries. You can function in that language. But if you're closer to nine or 10,000 words, it's considered near fluent. So that's cool. I wonder how many words I know. Maybe I should write them all down someday. I'm just kidding. That, that wouldn't really work. Um, um, here we go. Ism. This is the last question for today. Hi, Mr. Bob. How are you? My teacher asked me, how are you? And I said, I'm good. And she was like, don't say good, say fine instead. I mean, what is wrong with good? So first of all, we do say this. If someone says, hey, Bob, how are you? I, I could say, I'm good. I could say things are going well. I could say I'm fine. Um, the interesting thing though is I th- is I'm well actually the most correct version. Informal English is filled with people saying things that are sometimes incorrect. Um, and I would say if you said I'm good, it's kind of like slang. And saying I'm fine is probably more proper. So I think your teacher was probably correct. But if you were to be in an English speaking country uh, like Canada and someone said, uh, how are you? And you said, I'm good. That would be totally normal. Okay. It's informal. It's a little bit of slang. Um, but uh, I guess I'm fine would be the more correct answer. Hey, let's have a look at the river one more time. There's nothing to see there, but uh, just a little view for you. Um, by the way, uh, slowly over the next five or six weeks, the leaves of all the trees behind me, all of these trees will start to turn color. I'll try to get them in better focus uh, when that starts, Um, but we should see cooler weather in the next few weeks. And uh, yeah, certainly in four or five weeks, leaves will start to turn color. That will be kind of fun. Anyways, how many people were here? 528 people at the end. Thank you so much for hanging out. I hope this helped you learn a little bit more English. I hope it was good to just hear um, an English speaker talk for an hour. Uh, Do remember that repetition is always good. So if you do have, if parts of this video were hard to understand, come back tomorrow and watch that little five or 10 minute clip. The video will stay up forever, um, but spend some time listening to me explain some things again if you didn't quite understand it. Usually the video has automatic subtitles after 24 hours. So use that to your advantage as well. Uh, But anyways, I'm Bob the Canadian. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Sorry, I was just reading the chat. Bob the Canadian here. Um, There will be a new video on Tuesday, live lesson next Friday. I'm just going to stay in this groove of doing uh, that every week. 
uh, and I hope that you enjoy it. Have a great weekend. Uh, I have quite a bit of work to do on the farm this afternoon as we get ready for fall. But uh, if you have time to relax, I hope you enjoy it. If you're busy doing some work, I hope you enjoy that as well. Uh, and it was fun to hang out. Thanks to Todd and Dave for being moderators. And I'll see you all uh, either Friday or Saturday or both days uh, when we go live again. Bye, everybody. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.